0: Hello, one and all, and welcome to the podcast. We call it the Fantastival, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, in the podcast, where I invite my guests to come on and talk to me all about their musical taste, their memories, their experiences, and they get to collect their fancy festivals, which I have christened Fantastivals. After a week away, I hope everyone is doing well. I hope you all had a lovely May Bank holiday and are now enjoying June. And before we start this one, I just wanna shout out to everyone who I met last week at the Heavy North gig at the Water Rats in London. Heavy North were an absolutely superb live act. If you've not seen them yet live, please make sure you catch them whenever you can because they are absolutely amazing live. And it was great to see uh, Aidy Hansen, Moby Tanner, meet Sam Shiner, and meet so many of the uh, guys who I've got to know uh, through Twitter and some of the guests who have been on this wonderful podcast. So a great night last week meeting the Heavy North. And also, before we start again, I'd like to say a massive thank you to Ed Cousins, From Reverend and the Makers who was on uh, in episode 127 and was my last guest and I'm delighted he got to see his beloved Sheffield Wednesday win promotion uh, last week as it looked like at the time we recorded that definitely wasn't going to happen. So amazing uh, to see that happen. That was a great podcast. If you've not listened to that one, please go back into the vaults. That's episode 127 with Ed Cousins. But this episode is all about number 128. And this week, I'm delighted to introduce onto the fantastical podcast, singer, songwriter, got to say, the rather prolific, it's Michael Forsyth.
1: Good evening, man.
0: How's it going? Yeah, all good. I'm so happy to have you finally on the Fantastical Podcast. I've been planning this for a while. It's great to have you here, uh, and a really a good time in your musical career to come on and talk to me. So I'm very uh, grateful for you for doing that. But before we talk music, Michael, I like to always talk to my guests about mental health. I think it's really important. We talk about how we're doing, how we're feeling, and how everyone is. So, Michael, mate, how are you?
1: I'm all good. All good. Just keep them. Busy with work, trying my best to get my time to do my music and that. So, yeah, everyone's good at the moment.
0: Great to hear that, Michael. So, let me take you back then. So, what, what were your earliest musical memories? What do you remember about growing up and music? Basically, my dad was a big influence on me. He played guitar and stuff. So, he would be playing
1: stuff like Streets of London, uh, The City of New Orleans, Wind Beneath My Wings, Eagles. Uh, we, have a, we had a record player in that, and he'd have, like... Uh, Bad company on. Uh, Backham Turner Overdrive. Uh, status Code. Just, just a man obsessed with music. <laughs> really, it didn't, it's not a bad thing. We I mean, didn't have much as a family growing up, but music was a one thing that kind of brought us all together. And that, obviously, you'll know my sister Kimberly. So she's music mad as well.
0: Yeah, I obviously had Kimbo uh, on the podcast, and she was a, a great guest, and real really been a real driver of new music in your music as well. And, you know, you mentioned the Eagles there. I've seen her singing like the Eagles um, on social media and really involved with music. So, I mean, were you always inspired to pick up a guitar based on your dad playing, or was that something that kind of followed uh, a few years after? Uh,
1: Basically, it was around about the time, uh, like, 1997, I would have been 11 years old, 12 years old. And uh, just, it was through school mainly, uh, like, there was this teacher, she was well into music, and on a Friday she'd let us do music. And just through that, I just gauged a bit more interest and wanted to play an instrument And that. And uh, my dad had visited his brother, and he came back that weekend with a guitar for me that he'd gotten from my uncle. And I was just, to that moment, I was just hooked. I just like started a cover band at school called Earth. And from like the age of 12, right until I was about 21, we were out gigging like, every weekend. Really good times, like. Really good
0: times. So tell me about Earthling because I always like hearing about people's earlier musical adventures. What were Earth, were Earth like? Indie? Were they rock? Were they Britpop? obviously you've mentioned we, getting that guitar in the 90s. So what? We, tell me a bit about honest,
1: Earth We honestly played everything like Robbie Williams, Sex Pistols, Brian Adams, Nirvana, Metallica, and Lizzie. Uh, just just everything. Everything. It was in the Church of James, Oasis, got uh, Guns N' Roses. You know, you had to you had to have. Quite a big catalogue of stuff and, to and, be able to play. So we were like practicing uh, Thursday, Thursday nights, Friday nights, just to get the kind of the, the set. We had about three hours worth
0: of songs. And were you singing as well, Michael? Was that were you like? And
1: I, no, I was mainly just the guitar player back then. So it was me, a guy called Alan Shearer, he played the keyboards, and then a boy on the drums called Scott McDowell. And then we were later joined by a bass player and stuff. But uh, it was good. It was great. Can't get better. Can. Teenage years, I can we, we were like 14, 15 when we first started playing in pubs. Like my dad and the other guys in the band's dads used to have to take us there and help us set up all our gear and that. And oh, it was a great laugh with some great nights.
0: So, musically, then what happens after Earth? Did Earth just kind of reach its natural conclusion? Did it?
1: Uh, the guy that was the main singer, a guy called uh, Alan, he left to go to uni. And I was had started my apprenticeship at work. And I was working away a lot, and it just like our booking, We just had to kind of stop taking the bookings, if you know what I mean. It was too difficult to work in with him being at uni and me being away. And then one of my other mates, uh, you you heard of Monza Express before, yeah? Yes, yeah. Yeah, Deco that plays the drums for Monza Express. He used to be in a band called The Usuals, and they were like they were they were like one of Huntley's best bands, one of Aberdeen's best bands, in my opinion. They did like indie rock and that, and I was just obsessed with them. And through speaking to the singer from their band, he just says, look, why don't you you go write your own songs? He says, because if you muck it up, he says, who's going to (laughs) know? So that's when I started basically writing my own stuff. And I've just done my own stuff since then. So that was like 2006 or something like that. So a long time.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, a long time. So I guess since 2016, is it kind of been a culmination of you kind of writing songs and then kind of perfecting your songbook, I guess?
1: I, uh, it's just an for me. It's just an escape from everything that's going on in life. You know, I just uh, I could go to a guitar right now and probably come up with something in half an hour's time. I just love it. I just it's just my thing that I do.
0: So if someone's never listened to um, a track by Michael Forsyth, what are your influences? Who would you say you're kind of taking your inspiration from? Uh, I draw a lot of inspiration from like uh, like
1: Noel Gallagher, Richard Ashcroft, that sort of thing. Neil Young, Bob Dylan. Kelly Jones. I, I, I'll i be honest, I try to keep listening to as much music as I can. I mean, I listen to stuff like even Marilyn Manson, Slipknot, just kind and of heavier stuff, stuff like uh, Eva Cassidy, just Creedence Clearwater Revival.
0: Just try to broaden your horizons. Absolutely. A wealth of kind of learning is is, is being yeah. kind of put into your brain with that. So Michael, you've been fairly—I think it's fair to say—I I introduced you as a fairly prolific songwriter. I guess I've kind of based that on your recent release activity, right? So you've released a single every Friday over the last thirty weeks. So it's a track a week over the last thirty weeks.
1: Yeah, I had had stuff up before, so this is basically stuff that had been up before, but I, I'd taken it down to get it reworked and stuff. But I could have—I could have kept this up for I wanted to do it for a year but i thought 52 weeks was just too much <laughs> for people <laughs> it was at the back of my mind to just keep going but i thought nah, i'm gonna have to stop and then i've got i've got side projects as well that i do as well so i've got another thing called kaleidoscope sky that's got
0: a single coming out in the 30th of june i think it is so i've got that as well so i just like to write music basically okay so i mean where did the obviously you've got a lot of songs floating around like you said you know you could have done it 52 weeks was the idea where did the idea to release a song every week come from did you get to that point where you're okay. like i've just got enough here to literally do one a week that's what i'm going to try I, and do i just find where like it's so hard to keep people engaged kind of once a month i don't think you're
1: getting it. it's so difficult Kind of music's so easily accessible nowadays like five seconds later you're forgotten about like my uh, my streams have gone up my total of streams over like the last 12 months is now up like 300% because I've done this. And it's a Mac and you can make in and off streams and it's to try and help pay for studio fees. And I, I try to do as much as I can myself, but obviously there's times where you want to get someone else's ear to listen to it, you know what I mean? And for that, you need the cash, you know, it's, it's difficult. I feel really sorry for bands out there that don't have kind of, that aren't working for one, how are they ever going to kind of soak? So difficult to make, to go to a studio to pay for it and then make anything back off of it. It's so difficult. And I just felt that if I do this, maybe it might. And it has, has improved my streams. Like when I started in October, my month of listeners on Spotify was like three. I think it's at 150 this week. So it is, it is slowly getting there.
0: And did you have the songs from 1 to 30 lined up, or was it a case of, right, I fancy doing this one this week, then we'll see what happens the week after. Did you have the line of the 30 in your head, the way you were going to run it, or has it just kind of been as and when the song that felt I right just, for that week?
1: I, I took a rough idea off of how I'd previously released them, and then uh, I just put it together on my, on my Mac and just listened through and thought, that sounds okay to me. Just went for it. If people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. You know, it's, you can only try
0: absolutely and so now as we come to the kind of end of that period there's an album as we record this the album isn't released yet the album gets released tomorrow as we record this but by the time people are listening to this the album will be out so you've got a self-titled album coming out I think I've read that it's 12 tracks that's 12 is it 12 of the 30 tracks that have already been put out it's 12 of the 30 tracks that have already been put out but I just felt it was important
1: for me to pick what I would have kind of how I would have put it if I'd done it as an album it was good to get the engagement from the 30 songs.
0: Yeah, I bet. I mean, how, how does it feel with an album about to come out? I mean, are you obviously these have come out as singles before. You, How are you feeling about it? Are you nervous? Are you excited? What, what, what are the emotions floating around in your body? Uh, I, would just, I
1: would just really appreciate NMD to go and listen to it. And it's more it's more of a learning curve because I've got other songs that I've got written and record, demos recorded and I'm really hoping to have that out. I'm playing the sessions in Manchester. So I'm going to do, my set there is going to be my new album that I've got, kind of, so it's basically a, a, a stepping stone to that, that coming out, just to gauge, try and get a bit more interest about myself, Brilliant. hopefully. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure the album will do really well. Like I said, it's not out as we record this, but by, by the time people were listening, straight off this podcast, they can go and have a listen to the album and all of the 30 singles. So if anyone wants to do that, Michael, how would they do it? Where would they find your music?
1: Yeah, uh, you'll get me on Twitter, basically Facebook, Instagram, and that. But you'll get uh, the music will be available Spotify. You can all the normal music platforms: Spotify, YouTube, Amazon, tidal, Deezer, YouTube Music. You know, it's easy enough. At Michael Forsyth Music,
0: brilliant. So Michael Forsyth Music is the place to go and the place yeah. to search if you want to find Michael. You mentioned Kaleidoscope, Skies, That's new to me. Is that more of a fuller band? Is that like a band sound, or is that still kind of?
1: It's it's still just me, but it's more. I'd say it's more heavier than what I would normally do. It's more like Oasis, see and smashing. That's like Oasis, smashing pumpkins is another influence of mine. A lot more heavy stuff, which I really enjoy doing as well. It's just a break away from playing an acoustic guitar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brilliant. I look forward to hearing that later this month. Then. So you mentioned you're playing the sessions. Is there a plan to go out? And do more live dates, or is it just going to be kind of a see what happens and see what what's available as and
1: when? I would like to go to the, I would like to go out and play more, but I just want to get everything sorted first. Like it's so difficult where I am getting other people to play with and everybody getting time to meet up and that. You know, with work and that. I do have guys that can join, can come and play with me in a band, but getting everybody together is just a nightmare. And like rehearsal space not in Huntley is just a nightmare just an absolute nightmare but it will it will happen eventually i hope watch your space it'd be good to go it'd, it'd be good to go to the sessions and maybe have a band that's maybe there say hey do you
0: fancy doing sports because i'm always up for doing that you know absolutely um those sessions gigs uh in september look absolutely amazing that'll be a great um two nights of music there that I put on later in the year. So, I mean, you mentioned so many artists already in music, but in terms of, without giving away too many spoilers, then, I mean, what are you into at the moment, Michael? Are you still into your indie and your Britpop stuff, or, or what, what's uh,
1: I like a lot, of like, uh, I don't know if you've heard Greta Van Fleet, Rock Band, Dirty Honey, that sort of stuff. Uh, I've been listening to Bleach Slab, have you heard them? They're really good. Uh, who else? And there's a guy that I, that I grew up with in Huntley, he's a couple of years older than me, called Interior Moon. You should really check out his stuff, it's just amazing. It's like Richard Ashcrofty, really good Listen to him. Uh, Meller. you'll have heard of them. They've got a great album. October Drift, that album just completely blew my mind. <laughs> it's just phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Then you've got people like Brown Bear, I listened to him. Another Kraken album. And then you've obviously got Sylvie, who's just unique. Completely unique, she's gonna go a long way. Uh, distant Images, they're a crack, and band as well. I just try my best to listen to heaps of
0: stuff. Yeah, you mentioned some great bands there, some past guests of the fantastical podcast. I love October Drift. At the Heavy North, there was a guy wearing an October Drift t-shirt. Oh, uh, yeah, uh,
1: I, I met them. Uh, they were playing at the last sessions, and they did an acoustics, I had never seen them before, and the acoustics session was just oh, fantastic. It was just
0: so good. They're amazing. If you ever get a chance to see October Drift live, it's um it's quite the experience. They're an absolutely amazing, amazing band, one who everyone um should go uh, and check out. So Michael, let me let me take you back to when you was a, a younger lad. Do you remember buying your first record or your first single? Yeah. And what they were?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. I, it was actually Brian Adams unplugged. And I hadn't gone to buy Brian Adams. <laughs> I'd actually gone to Brian be here now by Oasis, but it sold out. It was just a little W. H. Smith and Huntley. So I went home with Brian Adams and plugged to BV instead. <laughs> <But hey-ho. laughs>
0: that's quite that's quite the change from Oasis to take yeah. over Brian Adams' album. Yeah, but we were playing
1: a lot of like Brian Adams in the cover band and that. You see, so it was it was good for that. It right. was good to learn the
0: songs. You don't have to tell me. About, you don't have to teach me about Brian. I, I love Brian Adams. One of my favourite acts. Yeah. Uh, in the entire world and utter, utter legend. Great first album then. So this is all about collecting your fantasy festival, Michael, obviously be festival season has now started. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, BBC One's, uh, Weekender, Just Gone, which has picked up a lot of controversy due to Royal Blood's uh, behavior. And obviously we had Neighbourhood at the weekend that a lot of bands who I'm into have played. Are you a fan of festivals? Yeah.
1: I'll be honest, I've not really been to that many. Like there's ones round about us, like Wolfstock Festival, Enjoy Festival, and Arabella Drum and that. But I've never I've never even been to Teen the Park. Never even been to that. I'm more of a, a gig goer than a festival
0: goer to be fair. And in terms of gigs then, I always like to ask my guests and again, try not to spoil anything, maybe if you're a fantasy festival, but do you have a favourite gig? oh uh,
1: my wife is well into like her heavier stuff than that, so we went to see a band called Opeth. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Yeah, no, Opef, yeah. but that just that just completely blew my mind. it's just mu- musically just unbelievable. The guitar
0: playing is just out of out of this world. That's probably one of the best gigs I've ever been to. Amazing Opeth. I don't think they've ever been uh, mentioned much on the Fantastical podcast. But obviously working in a record shop and in the days of these he- massive metal sections, I remember Opeth quite a lot. Yeah. And their artwork was always an interesting like. Yeah artwork dynamic covers um and all that so like i said at the top of the podcast it's all about getting our guests to collate their fancy festival so michael gets to choose any five acts one of who must play one of their studio albums in the fall when michael also gets to pick an encore which all of his five acts can perform together at the end of his fantasy festival which can be any song ever recorded by any artist in the world so it's fairly straightforward for any first time listeners five acts get five time slots. So in the last episode of the podcast, I mentioned earlier, I had Ed Cousins. He created his Eddie Steady Go fantasy festival. He put the Everly Brothers in his opening act slot. He followed them up with first aid kit. In his Midway Madness slot, he picked ACDC, which is an amazing choice for Midway Madness. In his pre-headline slot, he picked Richard Hawley and had Richard play his album Low Edges in Full. And for his headline act, he had Talking Heads, play for two and a half hours and for his encore Ed picked a medley from side two of Abbey Road that I just about let him choose there due to the fantastical gods smiling down upon him so before we talk about the band you're going to pick Mike and the axe should I say first of all we need to give your fantasy festival a name and we need to give it a venue so Michael we're going to call your fantasy festival the colour of sound (laughs) haha I like that. And what, what's the thinking behind that?
1: I don't know, it just came.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. So we've got the colour of sound, and you can hold this anywhere you like in the world. You can take us uh, to Scotland, you can take us to Aberdeen. Obviously, you know, Kimbo is a massive Aberdeen fan. I'm not sure if you are, <laughs> I presume you might be as well or you can take us anywhere you like to go. We'll follow you for the colour of sound. So, Michael, where where are you going to hold your Fantasy Festival?
1: So, my uh, father-in-law owns an old farmhouse. It's in the middle of nowhere, and he owns a field. So, it would be in a place called Weedlemont in this field. And it's just like you're surrounded by hills and beautiful nature, and it would just be great. Awesome. And you could make as much much
0: noise as you wanted brilliant alright so we're going to a field in Wildermont I think I've said that right Wildermont yeah well, yeah please let them know yeah. I haven't. awesome so we've got our name we've got a venue before we talk about our five acts are there any who you want to mention Michael who you love but for other reasons just aren't making it into your fantasy festival lineup?
1: there's lots of like unsigned bands that I would have like had uh, October Drift for example they would have been a great opening act uh, Arcade State is another one that would have been great uh Sylvie so would have been great. Oh, so, this is probably the hardest thing <laughs> I've ever had, to be honest. <laughs> so many. You just think, God,
0: who could have had? and <laughs> so, so difficult, so difficult. That's the joy of the Fantasy Festival. I guess only yes. having five, there can only be five, which makes it difficult. So you mentioned some fantastic names who aren't coming with us, but have been on the podcast before. So let's see where we go then. So two o'clock, Colour of Sound Festival, is rammed. It's a lovely day. The field is buzzing. Time for your opening act. So, Michael, who are you going to have open? The colour of sound. Sun zoom. Ah, okay. So I know Sun. I know of Sun. Sun zoom, but not too well. So I guess why Sun zoom for you? And I guess tell us a bit about uh, the, the act themselves.
1: I first heard his music oh, about a year and a half ago, and it just so it's just brilliant. It's just honestly up there with the greats. The greats. I don't know if you, you should, if you haven't listened to him, you should really go out and check out his album. It's just brilliant. Every song is cracking. Every single song. It's just, I just love it. I could listen to it for 24 hours.
0: And who? <laughs> just love his music. Who does he sound, I, I've heard a few tracks, but who would you say, like, he sounds like? Who Who's he, who's he remind you of?
1: Well, when I first heard it, I was like, is this Paul Weller in disguise type thing? <laughs> <laughs> Like the the music, the melodies in it, the the instruments that are you, uh, it's just it's just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. There's one song especially called Anytime Soon, and like the the outro bridge and that, it's just uh, it's one of the greatest pieces of music I've ever heard in my life. Just brilliant. You should really check it out. Check them out.
0: Wow, well, done. High praise indeed. So Sun Zoom makes his fancy festival debut. He's going to open our Colour of Sound festival. He's going to play from 2 to 3 o'clock. We'll take a half-hour break, and then we'll be back at half-past 3 for our Super second act. So they get from half 3 to half 4 to follow Zoom. So, Michael, who are you going to have in your Super Seconds act? I'm
1: going to go with Ocean Colour Scene.
0: Oh, great shout. So Ocean Colour Scene, uh, obviously a band. Well, we've had Damon Minchella on uh, before, who was the bass player in Ocean Colour yeah. Scene. A great lad. It's his birthday today, so happy birthday to Damon as we record this. So why Ocean Colour Scene, uh, Michael?
1: Because I'd always had older friends that were well into them and that, and I never had the opportunity to see them. And then Kimberly took me to see them at Aberdeen Music Hall, and it was just, uh, what a band. Craddock on guitar is just unbelievable. Just such a musician. Just absolutely brilliant. Just loved every kind of-
0: Loved it all, and I guess they've got a wealth of. Music, oh, they've you know, got a wealth they? of tunes, that like, can
1: just, just kind of like the circle line in your pockets, you know. What else? David, can David caught, can just brilliant. Great shout! Just a brilliant, brilliant band.
0: Absolutely, are. and believe it or not, this is the first time they've ever been chosen for a fantasy festival. So they've broken their fantasy festival duck. They're going to make their debut in your super second slot. So they're playing from half free. To half for we'll take another half hour break, and then that will take us to five o'clock. It'd be time for your midway madness act. So two acts down, three left to go. So Michael, who are you going to have you play your midway madness slot?
1: I'm going to have Kelly Jones, and he's going to do his album "Don't Let the Devil Take Another Day."
0: Oh, great shout! So Kelly Jones is obviously frontman of Philthy unless anyone uh, doesn't know that. Phonic's have only ever been chosen once on this podcast. Kelly's never been chosen. Yeah. As a solo yeah. act, so why I guess yeah. why Kelly as opposed to Stereophonics and why that album?
1: I had never ever seen Stereophonics because I saw Kelly Jones before Stereophonics, and I'd watched the documentary about him losing his voice and having to like free gay and all this kind, of, his whole basically his life. <laughs> and when I went to see him, at, uh, was it was at Dundee. Yeah, it was at Dundee, and it was just uh, just an outstanding musician. And an album that really got me through quite a difficult time it was when like Kimberly had cancer and that just brilliant, just on a diff- just a different level. One of the one of the best singers in my opinion,
0: and an amazing songwriter as well. Right, so like oh
1: yeah, he's got so many songs. You know, it's just there's not, I couldn't name a bad song that he's ever wrote.
0: Amazing, amazing. So Kelly Jones, don't let the devil take. up is that that's the is that the live album? yeah yeah okay so there's a few covers in there as well right if i remember that right so he, yeah, he, 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 yeah. It's, it's basically a stereophonics greatest it's, yeah it's just it's just awesome yeah that is an amazing amazing album And again it really kind of for me highlights his songwriting and his vocal range because there's some yeah incredible songs and in that's a great choice there michael Kelly jones is coming he is gonna play don't let the devil take another day for us from five till six so three acts down Two to go. A half hour break will follow. Kelly Jones. That takes us to half six. And then your pre-headline act will get an hour and a half to follow. Kelly Jones. So who are you gonna have in your pre-headline act, Michael? I'm gonna to have to have Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. Awesome. So Noel Gallagher again been in the news a lot. He's got a new album out. As people will be listening to this, a recent yeah. album release. that I'm really excited about. So I guess my question is for you then is why Noel Gallagher and I guess not Oasis. Um, and what I is the kind of you mentioned No Gallagher as a songwriter influence, I guess what does yeah, Noel yeah. Mean, mean to you?
1: I just uh, like back when I it was the video for uh Do you know what I mean? You know the video when he's standing with the, the flying V Oh you?
0: yeah, yeah. And that's I okay, that's when I first got into them and it's just uh just just this whole
1: his catalogue of songs is just there'll never be another. There'll never be another, and I was, I was very lucky to actually get to see Oasis in Manchester in 2005. It's when they had uh, "Don't Believe the Truth" had just come out, and it was absolutely awesome. But I would never want to see them reunite again ever. I think that was their time, and I think what he's doing on his own is is just brilliant. And I think what Liam's doing on his own is brilliant
0: as well. But I would never want—I—I I just think they would ruin what they created, basically. I think they. I think they're quite aware of that. I definitely get the impression Noel was quite aware of that, but I can't. I can't quite work out if they're playing everyone because yeah. there's this act. Obviously, it's quite well known or common knowledge that they both do not like each other. But behind that, there's yeah. always like rumours that you know. I read on the other day that Nebworth Twenty Five has already been booked out for Oasis, and there's all these rumours yeah. all the time. So I, I hope. I'm a bit like you. For me, I, I'm not interested in seeing them back together. I, I had the pleasure of seeing Noel Gallagher yeah. before lockdown at the London Palladium do his solo gig. And there was a, enough Oasis in there to kind of get me through that without wanting Oasis mm-hmm. to come back. And as a solo performer, I think he's great. So I guess what would you have then? He only gets an hour and a half. What what essential Noel Gallagher songs would you want to hear in his, in his slot at The Colour of Sound?
1: A lot of the stuff off his first album. Everybody's on the run. If I Had A Gun,
0: there's so much, you yeah, know. Yeah, I
1: mean, he's so got, much.
0: He's got a Hol- wealth. Holy Mountain and that, you know, he's it's, it's a, it's a powerhouse, this song. He is a powerhouse. I, I mean, a, an away song that I never really got into, but it came on XFM last night when I was driving home with Sad Song, and I was like, wow, this is actually oh, yeah. really, that's an amazing, and could might as well be in a, a, an old Gallagher solo tune, but I, met, I listened to that on the way back last night, and it came on the radio. I was like, I've not heard this in a couple of years. This is an awesome track standalone. So he's got a wealth of material he will bring to us. And Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. First time Noel Gallagher's been picked as a solo artist as well. So you've literally got four new additions on the fantastical roster so far, Michael. We're going great guns here. Noel Gallagher is playing from half six till eight o'clock. We'll take one more break and it'll be time for your headline act to finish off the colour of sounds. We've had four great acts so far, but Michael, who's going to headline your fantasy festival? I'm going to have to go with the Verve. Great stuff. So... Again, the Verve, a band who mean a lot to loads of people on this podcast. They were actually only chosen um, for the first time uh, a few weeks ago when Dean Dovey picked them in his pre-headline slot. So the first time they're headlining a fantasy festival. So I guess, Michael, why the Verve? Your headline act?
1: I just love the whole the whole vibe, the the way that uh, the guitar and that Nick plays. It's just it's just a wall of sound just absolutely brilliant, and then Cy Jones and that, you know, it's just, I, I got the chance to see them when they brought out 4th, and it was, that is such an underrated album, it's kind of obviously got Storm in Heaven and that, uh, Urban Hymns obviously, but that album 4th is just full of brilliant tunes like Love Is Noise, or Appalachian Springs, you know, it's, they're such a great band, I, I think they were actually bigger than The Oasis to be fair. So for you, in my opinion. You, <laughs> in my opinion. In your,
0: <laughs> I was reading about I think last week, that it was the I think the 25th anniversary of their big Wigan gig at Hall. Hey yeah. When you look back and you're like, wow, that was 25 years ago. I mean, I remember that was back in the day where a live gig would go out live on Radio 1. And I remember listening to that live on Radio 1. And I think it was on BBC One on a Sunday night, like straight after, night Videoing that on my video recorder back in the pre-internet days and pre-YouTube days, and look like an absolutely like insane gig to be at.
1: Yeah, you just, like songs like "Star Sail" and "Blue." They've got so much great songs as well.
0: Yeah, and he's still going and right. And then, so Ashcroft is still a man on a mission. Yeah, and then
1: yeah, definitely. Like he's a he's one of he's one of my other favourite songwriters. You know, but he's got his, even his own material is just brilliant. The string work and that, and the songs, the, the melodies, the It's
0: just brilliant. Great stuff. So the Verve are headlining the colour of sound. So they're going to play from half past eight to 11 o'clock. Then at 11 o'clock they're going to call back on stage Noel Gallagher and his high-flying birds, Kelly Jones, Ocean Colour Scene and Sun Zoom back on stage at 11 o'clock. They all get to play one song of your choice, Michael. So they're all looking at you up and down. You're the conductor of this one. What are you going to have your fantasy festival act play to end your fantasy festival? Let
1: It Be by the Beatles because it's one of the greatest songs
0: ever written in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> that's fair i mean that's pretty comprehensive there's no follow-up question from me without i mean you've kind of summed it up there like in terms of why that's your encore all right so before we lock this in i obviously know your sister fairly well she's been a guest i did message her beforehand and said who do you think michael's gonna pick so i went back to my early days of the podcast and tried to get predictions from a fellow listener yeah. so kimbo came back to me uh a pretty decent roundup so she said you will find out michael has the most mixed choice of music i can't guess them all but i think blackstone cherry would get a mention so i don't think we've mentioned blackstone cherry so far she went on to say, Richard Ashcroft, I would say, and The Verve. He'll probably throw in some heavier acts in there as well, like Kiss or like Autobridge. He also loves the Foo Fighters. It's all far too hard, she said with a smiley emoji. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> so she got Ashcroft and The Verve. Uh, I mentioned a few heavy acts who haven't got in uh, to your lineups there, but one out of five for Kimbo. That's not bad, I'd say. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to give a Blackstone Cherry, Kiss, Autobridge, Foo's? Just not making yeah, like it. I've, like I've seen uh,
1: Blackstone Cherry and that. They're a great band. They are an important band in my life. But uh, yeah, I just don't feel they belonged in that sort of lineup. I hadn't, I've done, I wrote this thing out about four times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's amazing. It's always interesting to speak to people a couple of months after they've been on the podcast. So I think Paula, obviously, a friend of Kimbo's and a friend of the podcast said the other week that her lineup now would be totally different to what she'd picked uh back at yeah. the time she'd done it so like i said a great lineup that will lock into the fantastical thoughts there before you change your mind so we've got the color of sound taking place at a field in wheel wheelmont yeah. open act we've got sun zoom super Sekka's ocean color scene midway madness kelly jones playing his album don't let the devil take another day in full pre headline act we've got noel Gallagher headlining we've got the Verve and for your encore they're all going to play Let It Be. Sounds like an amazing lineup to me Michael. Are you happy to lock that one into the vaults? Faults? Yeah, happy with that. Amazing. Brilliant stuff. So I guess before we end this one then, obviously the album has just recently been released. What the next couple of months, what does the, I guess the rest of 2023 look like for you? What are your hopes for the rest of the year? I'm
1: uh, really hoping to get my next album finished and get what I'm going to have as my singles sorted out and hopefully pick up a couple more gigs, hopefully, and right. put in a bit, a bit more practice when I can as well. <laughs> is there so going to be, are
0: you are you trying to get, is there going to be like a physical release of the album, or as it stands, is it just going to be streaming only? What, what, what are you trying to do with the album?
1: I would love to do a physical release, but I'm going to have to see fundage, uh, fund, money
0: funds, obviously, mm. cause cool. at, at the moment my family comes before yeah, the music absolutely okay so the album like we said will be available and the rest of the singles on all good streaming platforms so go and have a look for michael forsyth let's shout out your social media again michael so if anyone's listening and isn't aware of how to find you let's tell them where they can find you in the handles that you use michael so where do people find you
1: so you'll find me on twitter at, um, uh, wait till I remember.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's always difficult talking about yourself and your own Twitter um, hand. M for,
1: for Scythe Music. At M for Scythe Music and you'll get me on that on Everett, Instagram, etc. Facebook and that.
0: Great stuff. Go and check Michael out. He's got a wealth of great tunes there that I'm sure everyone listening will enjoy. So that is it. Thanks to everyone for listening to the 128th episode of The Fantastical Podcast. If you've enjoyed this one, please subscribe. You can do that on iTunes. You can also review the podcast on iTunes. And if you're listening on Spotify, very important to go and rate the show. So if you're listening on Spotify, stop the podcast, rate the show, and you can also give your feedback on any episodes in particular by going onto any episode description. So please make sure to do that. So like we said, Michael is on social media, so is the podcast. So you can find us at P on Twitter and you can also find the podcast on TikTok where the numbers are starting to go up on TikTok without me doing much. So if you are on TikTok uh, and aren't following the podcast already, please do so. And if you're not on Twitter or TikTok, give us an email at outlook.com. Unfortunately, on this podcast... We can't play any music, but I'll get some uh, tracks off Michael and we'll make a nice little Spotify playlist from his episode, which will be in your episode description of all the acts Michael was spoken about in this episode. So, Michael, a massive thank you for being my 128th guest on The Fantastical Podcast. How have you found it?
1: No, it's really good, but it's still really difficult to choose. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, thank you for the, for
0: the chance to do it helping me, hopefully, promote my album a little bit as well. Honestly, I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm looking really forward to um, hearing the album and those 12 tracks in full, in order. Um, once the album is out. So I'm looking forward to that. and wishing you all the best of luck with the album and looking forward to seeing uh, what the rest of the year holds for you. You mentioned some really exciting stuff with the sessions, with the forthcoming uh, releases as well. So I'll be keeping a close eye on you there. So I will be back next week with episode number 129. So please make sure to join me for that one. But until then, stay safe, my fantastical friends. Please continue to spread the word. And that word is Fantastical. Thanks for listening.